0: Welcome to Always and Forever, a one tree hill podcast where two lifelong friends and super fans analyze and dissect the greatest teen show from the early 2000s.
1: This week, we are discussing Between Order and Randomness, the 12th episode of Season 2, which was written by Terrence Coli, directed by Bethany Rooney, and originally aired on the WB on February 1st, 2005. And, Caitlin, girl, let's talk about Bethany Rooney.
0: Ooh, tell me all the things.
1: Yeah, so her resume is just like way too big to like really even you know list her accomplishments. So honestly, I'm just gonna be lazy and I'm gonna read the paragraph from her from her Wikipedia page. Cool. So, so here we go. <laughs> I have a few other little bits of information too. Don't get me wrong. I did I'm not just pull from Wikipedia. What kind of uh, <laughs> podcaster do you think I am? Anyway. I would be shocked. <laughs> And appalled! <laughs> like, how dare you, Jeremy? Anyway, since her directorial debut in 1985 on an episode of say Elsewhere, she has directed multiple episodes from a vast number of television series. most notably The Wonder Years, Beverly Hills 90210, Cross at Jordan, Melrose Place, Melrose Place, the 2009 reboot, Ali McBeal, One Tree Hill, Gilmore Girls, and She Spies, whilst other credits include Las Vegas, Desperate Housewives, Inconceivable, Dawson's Creek, Boston Public, Ed, Jack and Jill, Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, Dream On, Castle, Revenge, Arrow, among other series. And there's a lot of shows that, like, we have both watched, yeah. Caitlin's, like, has her mouth open right now.
0: (laughs) I'm shocked. I can't even remember everything you just said, but Wonder <laughs> Years, Desperate Housewives, Gilbert Girls.
1: <laughs> but anyway, she is so experienced that she actually co-authored a book. It's called Directors Tell the Story, Master the Craft of Television and Film Directing. And also, you can learn from her directly because she teaches an eight-week TV director's workshop for Warner Brothers. Oh,
0: wow. That's really cool. I mean, clearly she has a lot of experience on a variety of different shows.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> Probably works with like many different personalities, different age groups, different uh, you know demographics. It's, yeah, she she knows what she's doing. And, you know, good Bethany.
0: That's amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. As a reminder, this podcast is spoiler
1: free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe.
0: Lucas still refuses to take the HCM test, even though his mom continues to pressure him, this time by taking everything out of his room.
1: Keith finally gets through to Lucas by admitting he was hesitant about getting the HCM test as well. But he decided to do it for Jules and that Lucas should do it for his mom. Together, they go and get tested.
0: Brooke gets a job at Carl's Crab Shack, where she has to dress up as a crab. She soon finds out that the work conditions and pay are terrible so she brings the other workers together to stand up to their boss.
1: After threatening the protests, their boss negotiates better pay and working conditions. However, Brooke decides to quit anyway because the job wasn't for her but she was glad to help out the other workers.
0: Instead, Brooke decides to run
1: for student body president. Taylor threatens Nathan that she will tell Haley about their secret. So Nathan goes directly to Haley and tells her that Taylor was the first person he had sex with two years prior. At first, Haley is upset about this, but she later apologizes to Nathan for how she reacted.
0: Haley contacts Chris online and admits to Taylor that she's
1: jealous of what Chris has, but she loves Nathan. Anna feels pressure to define her sexuality and later creates a dating profile where she selects that she's seeking any gender.
0: Lucas confronts Dan about Jules and Dan tells him that Keith slept with Deb so he wanted revenge. Dan claims he told Jules to leave town once he came to his senses and he doesn't know why she's still here.
1: Dan invites Keith and Jules over for dinner and there is
0: obvious tension in the room. Jules tells Dan that she doesn't want to do this anymore and that she truly loves Keith. Dan doesn't want to hear it though and instead wants to finish what they started.
1: Keith tells Lucas that he proposed to Jules and he asked him to be his best man.
0: Dan approaches Lucas about keeping the secret about Jules, and Lucas asks what Dan needs from him. Dan says that they'll figure something out.
1: Starting A Crab Sorority, I am Jeremy Rodriguez. And looking through my Betty Crocker cookbook,
0: I'm Caitlin Ellenich.
1: <laughs> Ooh, what is that a reference to? Did
0: you see Dan at the counter when he was talking to Deb? And he had, like, the Betty Crocker cookbook all out, ready to go, looking for a recipe to cook for Jules and Keith. <laughs> I can't say that I do, but that's really endearing I thought it was so funny that, like, I paid t- attention to it, and it was, like, so obvious. Like, you could see the cover of the book. I don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> go dad that's
0: my obscure reference but
1: get your lessons from betty crocker you know betty crocker is a (laughs) fabulous woman is betty crocker even a person i don't even know (laughs) you know what i don't even really know either (laughs) honestly like is it just a brand name is it like started by a straight white man i don't know like listeners let us know we could google this after we're done recording but you know feel free to just share share with us anyway yeah, I thought it was so funny that he was
0: putting all this effort into this dinner with Jules and Kim. It's just comical to me.
1: Because Dan just loves drama. Seriously, like I just wonder, like is Dan a gay man? Because seriously, he loves to be fucking petty. He loves
0: cooking up drama. No <laughs>
1: <unintended>. <laughs> oh my god! It's like it's not chicken that he's cooking. It is drama. <laughs> Anyway, this episode is titled after the song by Shane Mills, "Between Order and Randomness." And uh, full transparency, there are no lyrics online of this song. So Caitlin and I, like as as visual learners, we struggled to try to understand like what's happening in this song. We argued about the lyrics before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, I was like. I heard this. You heard this. Like, who was correct? Yeah, it was a it was a whole thing. And the song is on Spotify, so you can actually listen to it,
0: but it was just mm. it was hard to figure out. right. So I think the line that we were talking about in the song is as follows: You make the only mess that makes sense between order and randomness. You bring color to this otherwise blank canvas. That's my best interpretation of what was said in the song. <laughs> I think that's correct. And I think you What do you that. think about that? Like, what are you... Ugh. I can't find my words, apparently.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't find the lyrics either, so that's very appropriate.
0: <laughs> Anywho, how did you make sense of those lyrics? Like, what were your thoughts?
1: I mean, I thought of it as more of like a, it's a straightforward love song, but not necessarily always in the romantic form of love. Um, I applied it directly to uh, Taylor and Haley, because if you think about it, like Haley is having these, uh, this like certain uh, feeling of uncertainty right now, because her relationship with her husbands that would be order if like, you know, things were going swimmingly and whatnot. And then there's the randomness, which is, like, all the uncertainty and everything. If she was to go to New York with Chris, or, you know, go on tour and everything like that. So, like, her relationship with Taylor, where, like, she's essentially confined in Taylor. And, you know, Taylor ga- you know, gave her, like, a uh, basically told her to cry on. That's, like, that little area between order and randomness. So it's, like, that area, like, in limbo, I guess you could say.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I think you could also say something similar with Keith and Jules. Or specifically, what Jules is going through, I feel like she feels stable with Keith, but at the same time, she's being pressured by Dan to do something that she doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I feel like she's kind of in limbo too. Like she does, she doesn't know. She's at a standstill. She doesn't know what to do and what what's the next move to make. Even though she really does
1: love Keith. Yeah. And I feel like that's what it's thats a lot of like what's happened in this episode. Like you know, it's like that feeling of just like uncertainty where you don't know what's to come. Because if you think about it, this episode, doesn't really have any like major plot developments or anything like that. It's literally just like like that space between. Who knows? Maybe something incredible will happen in the next episode, or something horrible. Like who knows?
0: And I think there are a lot of decisions that are being made by the characters too. Hmm. Like, every single character. I don't even have to go through every every single one, but, like, basically yeah. every character is, is kind of making a decision.
1: Yeah, look at Anna, who, I have a lot of very nuanced thoughts about Anna later, but that's, again, that's later in the episode. I can't wait. <laughs> Do you want to
0: start off with Lucas?
1: Yeah, so Lucas is being a stubborn little brat, and he is refusing to take the HCM test. So, Until uh, you know, Karen's Karen takes away, like, all of his shit from his room. You know, go, Karen. Go, Scary Mama Bear. This is why Karen is the only Karen who deserves rights. <laughs> um, <and> then, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and then he gets uh, motivated to finally take the test because Keith is also in danger of having HCM. So the two of them decide to go together.
0: As a viewer... This is an interesting thing to me, because I didn't really think about Keith in all of this. (laughs) Like, Yeah, Sam! He's Dan's brother. You know, obviously he could have inherited the same genes. Right. So, like, obviously he should go get the test, too. But, like, I wasn't even thinking about him in all of this. Yeah. And I, I like how they used Keith to get Lucas to go take the test. And I think that was appropriate, because I think Keith is the one who would convince him the most, and it, it just made
1: sense. Right. And I think we had a discussion about this, too. Like, the whole, like, how does Lucas not know about HCM and whatnot? Like, wouldn't Keith at least know, at the very least? But I feel like this kind of makes sense, because, like, maybe Keith did find out about, like, the dangers of HCM, and he did want to tell Lucas about it, because he's also scared for himself as well.
0: How that was all handled is a little strange, because, like, you know, Dan has his health scare finds out about HCM but we don't for a while there we don't even know like we don't even think like okay some of the other characters could have inherited this you know yeah you would think that Karen would have found out Keith would have found out Lucas all at the same time you know Lucas and Nathan but instead it like came from Nathan but off screen Nathan found out about it
1: yeah right so we don't
0: really see any of the others other characters like initial initially finding out.
1: That's interesting. You know what I think happens?
0: What? They made it up later on. <laughs> <After> <laughs> Damn, Caitlin,
1: I was not to delivery of the severely dramatic, like, you know, delivery of that, but yes, I think maybe they didn't know what they were doing at the beginning of the season and then just decided to add it in a little bit later on.
0: That makes a lot of sense. That explains a lot.
1: Shows do that (laughs) you know it's like oh it's convenient like oh what what can we do to try to you know move things forward a little bit with these characters like let's make it so uh dan has a genetic heart condition and here we are and we still don't know if lucas has hcm we're gonna find that's we're gonna find results in a few days
0: i know yeah it'll be interesting to see
1: mm -hmm. and do you want to talk about uh getting crabs at at carl's this guy is such a jerk. Oh my God. Oh, for real. But also, too, why does he make his employees wear a sign that literally says that? I got crabs at Carl's. Fuck. So- Do you realize what you're implying? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah, like, you know, Brooke is dealing with, like, unfair, like, working conditions and everything Um, in this episode. And uh, let me tell you, I went down, like, a little rabbit hole about, like, work laws and everything in North Carolina because of this episode. You did? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, because I was, like, wondering, like, how is this all legal and whatnot? And, you know, I was, like, looking into, like, breaks and everything like that. It's uh, it's very interesting. Also, you should you should know that minimum wage in North Carolina in 2005 was $5.15. Oh, wow. So the fact that Brooke was, like, walking away with only $15 that one day, and, you know, because they deducted, like, the cleaning thing and everything like that, yeah, she should have been making more money than that, because she was working for, like, what, six hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, basically, fuck Carl. He's an <laughs> asshole. But anyway, um, first off, in our—Caitlin, in our state, what, what do you know about breaks? Because I was always under the impression that, by like, we we're required by law to take a break— you are. We're apparently not. In our very state, we are not. Yeah, employers are not required to give you breaks. There's actually only a handful of states that are required to give breaks. Unless you're under, unless you're a minor. In North Carolina, actually, it's uh, under 16 years of age. If, you, if you're if you under 16 years of age in North Carolina, according to the North Carolina Wage and Hour Act, you have to take a break after working, I believe it was five and a half hours, I read.
0: That's interesting to me. I thought you were required to take it. Like, I just remember working at, like, a store, and, like, you were required, like, for six hours of work to take your 30-minute break. Like, you clocked out and then clocked back in.
1: Yeah, I thought that, too, honestly. But employer—I guess, like, we have good employers. Or I wonder if, like, uh, I'm assuming you were working for a corporation. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, my, my uh— my experiences were also with corporations, like giant corporations, and they would be like, "Oh, you're required by law." So I wonder if there's like a if there's a law if you're like a bigger company or whatnot. Whereas like Carl's Crab Shack is like a smaller company.
0: That's what I'm thinking. That like you're either protected by a union you're working in that kind of scenario, mm-hmm. and that's required by them. Yeah, maybe. Or you're working for a corporation, and that's the requirement. Like no matter what state you're in.
1: Yeah, so I just found out to be interested. Also, I consulted uh, Sam, who is a law student. Sam Saff, who you've all heard in uh, Season 1, Episode 13. Um, so, like, I just asked her, I'm like, is this, like, for real and whatnot? She actually sent me an email. It's It's very awesome of her to do this legal research for me. But anyway, in her email to me, she wrote, Basically, states are allowed to have laws that differ from the federal government, but they cannot have laws that are of a lower standard than federal law. So federal is the base, and the states work off of that to make their laws more protective or just adopt the same federal laws. What's unfortunate in this instance is that the federal government does not have a law mandate breaks. Therefore, the states can choose to do whatever they want, as long as it is no worse than the federal law.
0: And there's no federal law, though.
1: There is no federal law that mandates breaks.
0: That's weird. Because, like, any job I've ever had where I've had to take a break, you know?
1: Yeah. But I guess it's because, like, you know, if you're a corporation, you're making a certain amount of money, they say, like, no, listen, you got to give your employers a break or you got to give your employees a break. But yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, that's really interesting.
1: Basically, Carl was not breaking the law by doing any of this stuff. Like, I mean, all the stuff with, like, the uniforms and whatnot, like, I don't know. The details and all that but i'm assuming he probably was breaking a law by you know taking that out of their pay for that like because what come, come on fuck that
0: like i liked this storyline and it, how it showed brooke like bringing everyone together and kind of standing up to this jerk of a guy
1: being a leader yeah
0: being a leader which segues into her now running for student body president
1: uh-huh. so i feel
0: like that those two storylines, or at least the start of the student body president storyline, they li- line up so well together.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I see what they did there. <laughs> yeah, they did. They were trying to, like, build her up. Be like, look at Brooke Davis. She is a leader. She is the moments. But that was my research. <laughs>
0: Thank you for sharing that. That puts it <laughs> into perspective, because I was thinking the same thing. Like, this guy is totally breaking a million laws right now. Yeah.
1: I was thinking he was breaking a law about breaks, and I just had to, like, look into that because I, I was curious. I'm like, oh, he's not breaking a law. And that's why, like, essentially Brooke blackmails him and says, like, hey, like, your 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 crabs come from a truck in Jersey, not from Alaska. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they came clean with that, then, yeah, it would have been bad for the business. So that's why she gets a one, one more dollar per hour per crab. Go, bro.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it. It was a good storyline in that, like, it developed her character, but it was also, like, comical, too.
1: <laughs> because we got to see her in a crab outfit. I, so, I always laugh out loud whenever I see her in that outfit. She's like, she's so miserable. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Also, Felix is in this episode, too. Yeah. Well, we can ignore him. <laughs> Why he's there? Honestly, like, what, what, what the fuck is this the purpose of his presence? You know? All he was doing was just like supporting
0: her in this episode, but that was yeah. It.
1: Which I guess you could say, like, you know, the fact that he's not part of the storyline is actually really good to see for Brooke because. Mm-hmm. Like, Brooke did not really need Felix for any of this. Like, yeah, he ends up, like, helping her by, like, doing some research and whatnot. But she didn't need him. She was doing this all on her own. And he was just like, you know what? I'll support you. So
0: I think the reason why she was getting a job to begin with was because she didn't want him paying for everything. I think that's... Yeah, what led to her applying for jobs?
1: Well, she was well. It was actually for her uh, to pay for her car insurance
0: and for the car insurance. But yeah, I feel like it was related also to Felix because of the previous episode where she either the previous episode I think it was right where they have the whole conversation and she stands yes, up. Yes, it was the previous episode. Yeah. yeah, and she stands up for herself, saying like she doesn't want him paying for everything. She doesn't want all of these lavish gifts. But yes, the car insurance was, like, the immediate need. But I feel like it's kind of tied to, like, the previous episode, too. Her
1: independence. Yeah, which is nice to see. And we love to see it for you, Brooke. I love Brooke <laughs> so much. We're really getting into, like, some, like, good Brooke shit here. And this is just, ugh, this is so good. I'm so excited. I am excited, too. On a completely different note, uh, Anna has, like, kind of a subplot in this episode. Um, before we get into that, though... I, I gotta point out, like, a plot hole. Um, Anna says that Peyton has been avoiding her, and that's how she feels, that Peyton has been avoiding her, but, like, I don't know, Anna, you, she made it pretty clear that she didn't want to be friends with Peyton.
0: Oh, you're right. I didn't pick up on it like that, but it's true. Like, you bas- you told her that you don't want to be friends with her
1: anymore, so, like... yeah. This isn't the only example, by the way, from this season, because I can, I can say this with like certainty, too, because um, I also watched the rest of the season uh, this past week. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> so I have, I have a complete knowledge of season two now, but there's quite a few plot lines that are just like sort of like thrown away. I can actually name like a specific example from like a few episodes ago that we haven't even talked about. Um, you notice the slumber party episode when, you know, all the girls are talking about like, oh my God, yeah, we got to be there for each other, blah, blah, blah. And then in the very next episode, which is Homecoming, we see Brooke, like, you know, get jealous about Anna and Peyton. And I'm like, that completely shits on the message from the previous episode, where they're talking about, like, being there for each other and everything. So there's a lot of, like, little small details in this season that kind of irk me. Huh. And this is one of them. That's a good point. (laughs) I didn't notice either of those.
0: And just to note one other thing, Peyton's not even in this episode,
1: she is not yeah she is out of town and that's what you know that's what lucas reassures anna with as well she says like oh no uh she's actually out of town Uh, she only told me and brooke and then that makes anna feel a little bit better
0: it's so weird not to have Peyton in the episode i know
1: we miss miss you girls (laughs) i really do (laughs) Well, you know I love Peyton, so... Don't worry. She'll be back in the next one. Okay. With some information that she knows.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want to hear your thoughts about Anna.
1: So her whole deal where she's saying to Lucas, she's like, you like girls or you like guys. It'd be so much easier if I could pick a team. And I feel like this is just there's just some aspects that just like don't look good for bisexual representation here grades at the end of the episode she ends up deciding like you know what i'm just gonna choose either but like i don't know i feel like they're trying to say that you could be by bi- you could quote-unquote be bisexual until you quote-unquote decide if you're gay or straight and i just want to say bisexuality is completely valid you can like any gender and i don't i don't know how else to say that honestly
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much I can comment on this, really. Yeah. But would you agree that it would be a little confusing when you're coming out for the first time? (sighs) And you don't know, you just don't know. And think she is a teenager, also.
1: And I also try to think about the fact that there really wasn't much bisexual representation at this time, either. So, like, even Anna, like, you know, I'm not even talking about the fact that Anna's, like, a, a fictional character here. Like, if Anna was, like, a real teenager... And if she was to, like, you know, to come into her sexuality, she'd be like, "Well, wait a minute, like, what bisexual? What is that?" You know, she doesn't obviously know about like what this means for her. The fact that she's attracted to both men and women.
0: And I think like now there's so much more language to define yourself and what your you know sexual orientation is. Yeah, there's so there's such better language now than there was then.
1: Yeah. And I we feel actually like do see you bisexuals ha- on TV nowadays, too.
0: You had bisexual, gay, straight, you know? Yeah. Lesbian. Like, those were, like, the different ones. Like, there's so much more language now to, you know, help people define themselves. I mean, you don't even have to choose a term.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And if you think about, like, the word queer, that wasn't really, that wasn't an accepted word then, also.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would was, say back then it was considered a slur, and a lot of, there, there's still, like, a lot of older people who don't even like that word. I feel like the the term queer is more popular amongst, like, our demographic and people who are younger, um, but yeah, go ahead. And so, yeah,
0: when I was watching it, I was thinking about how that term, yeah, was a slur, like you said then, mm-hmm. now that term is not, it's more of, like, a broad, like, umbrella term, would you consider it, almost?
1: I would say so, yeah. It's like, like uh, I feel like most people, they use queer when they are not straight. And I feel like that's such a free label to use in that way. I actually really like that label for myself as well. Even though like I am attracted to like, exclusively men, but I don't know. I like the term queer, for myself at least.
0: And I feel like they needed a term like that then. Because maybe that, I don't know. Maybe That's, that's a what, great point. That's what she was really, like, she doesn't know how to define herself and the terms that that existed then didn't really make sense almost that's what it feels like but i don't know like like we said before there probably were no like queer writers in the room at all
1: yeah absolutely not <laughs> so
0: <laughs> these storylines were written by straight people probably
1: and i don't know for sure um on the complete opposite end of this where i'm saying like yeah there's problems with bisexuality i also think it's a little bit authentic too because Like, you know, let me talk about, like, my little coming out journey as well. Um, I identified as bisexual when I first came out. I remember that. And part of that was because, like, you know, people would tell me, like, oh, like, you know, you're really close friends with this girl. You must like her. Talking about Caitlyn here. (laughs) 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 Sorry, Caitlyn. People would, like, you know, just, like, force those things. Like, society would force these things down my throat, trying to... Think that like you know oh I like girls like I'm like you know what like I really do like girls I like hanging out with them like I must like girls and then you know that's where like the confusion sometimes sets in and whatnot um and then I you know so I identify as bisexual for a while and then I eventually realize that I am actually exclusively attracted to men that was my coming out journey, but, and I feel like I'm actually, like, a really bad representation of this in some ways, because some people will say, like, oh, look, see, you picked the team, and I'm like, no, that's not, that's, that is not the case. I did not pick a team, I just realized who I was authentically, and, you know, there are people who identify as bisexual and are younger, and then they'll realize, like, you know what, I am bisexual, I do like any gender.
0: Yeah, I mean, that can change, yeah, through, throughout your life, it's kind of more of a a fluid thing, I guess, for some people.
1: Yeah. But, like, I don't really like the whole, like, idea of picking a team, but I do, I think you made a great point, though, by saying, like, queer would have been such a, like, a much better way for Anna to identify, you know? And then she could just date whoever, like, she, like, falls in love with, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like there's, uh...
0: And, like, do you You, you think... see what I'm saying, though? <laughs> yeah, like, so coming out as bisexual, I, th- I think that's interesting, because you had that original experience, and then... Even though you weren't bisexual, but you weren't sure. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. Anna's coming out as bisexual. Do you think... I mean, what are your thoughts where we're at right now in the series or in the season? Do you think she was saying that to make it almost easier and more acceptable in her mind and society's mind?
1: No, I think, like, you know... Like, with my experience, I definitely thought I was bisexual, and I think that's uh, Anna's experience, too. Like, she thinks she, you know, I don't even want to say she thinks, because that's kind of, like, belittling, like, her feelings and experiences. But if she says she's bisexual, if she says she's into any gender, she's bisexual. And that's just, like, what she is right now. And that label could change over time. For sure. And, you know, that's why, and I really, you know, I don't want to contribute to, like, bisexual erasure by saying this, that, like, her label could change, but that's... You know, it's complicated. You know, <laughs> it is really complicated to talk about this, honestly.
0: And I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. It just it was an it was an honest question. You know that. Uh, yeah. But I think that's an important thing that you said. Like, you just have to accept what someone tells you. Just accept it. You know. Yeah. Don't question exactly. their identity and like ask them all these invasive questions. You know, like just accept how they're currently identifying themselves and then move on.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if they, you know, if they change their mind, then they change their minds. You know, that is what it is.
0: Yep. Humans are complicated people.
1: (laughs) Exactly. For real. And that was redundant. (laughs) (laughs) Humans are complicated humans. (laughs) People are complicated humans. It, so this is kind of like that uh, that Stephen Universe meme where it's like, uh, th- th- there's a question like, are you a boy or are you a girl? And then the person says, I am an experience.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: <laughs> oh, but yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, we're recording this on National Coming Out Day, October 11th, 2021. Oh, step. Yeah. I came out on Twitter as non-binary today, by the way. Oh my god, you did? <laughs> yes I did. That's so awesome. Only on Twitter. Just because I'm like, I don't wanna go on Instagram and then like, you know, Facebook and like deal with like questions from prop and family members and whatnot. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I'm like, Twitter is my gay space. Let's talk about it here. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've got I, I got a lot of like great messages of support from so many different people you know that's been great
0: that's lovely and this is appropriate time to talk about anna
1: <laughs> really yeah <laughs> and it's you know and my journey is changing as well like significantly and anna's cutting too but i will just say, like right now we're hearing that anna is bisexual that's what she is well we're not even hearing that she's bisexual we're hearing that she's into any gender You know, she's just allowed to fall in love with whoever she wants to fall in love with and just just fucking let her you do you exactly you do you yeah eh. <laughs> I don't even know how to transition to, like, this <laughs> next topic. I don't either. <laughs> I'm staring at it, I'm like, uh. <laughs> I was trying to be like, uh, speaking of, uh, yeah, s- s- speak, okay, here we go. Speaking of being on a journey of discovering yourself, let's talk about Haley and her confession to Taylor that she's really just jealous about Chris and his music. That was a good transition, right?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: it Whatever. works.
0: It works well enough. I really like the scenes with Haley and Taylor, especially the one tell. when they were standing on the
1: balcony. Yeah, and then they sit side by side. You see their tattoos. Uh-huh. It was cute. <laughs> I really enjoyed that one.
0: Because you haven't really seen Haley. Well, we haven't seen Haley with a sister. <laughs>
1: Yes. You know, like
0: in the previous episode, Haley and Taylor were fighting the whole time. So like you really didn't get to see that the bond that they have. And even though their relationship is a little little rocky, it seems, they do have a bond still. Um, and it was apparent in that scene when they're on the balcony and Haley, you know, says to Taylor, I love Nathan, but like I'm jealous of what Chris has and I feel like that was her First, honest moment with all of this music
1: stuff that's been going on. Yeah.
0: And I, I think it made sense that it was with her sister, like, that she finally opened up about it.
1: Yeah. And it's nice to hear, like, this confession, though, because it's not about, like, having feelings for Chris. I mean, the two of them obviously kissed, and, yeah, that made things very complicated, and, you know, Nathan doesn't know about this. There's, like, a lot of, like, feelings getting in the mix here, but... I like that her confession that it's literally just seven from the fact that she is a little jealous. She likes what Chris represents, which is music and following your dreams, which she can't do right now.
0: Yeah, and you see her like contacting Chris in this episode via email and then you see her like looking at his website and so she's still really interested in like his career and what he's doing. But in a musical sense, not like a professional sense, not I don't feel like she was reaching out to him
1: because she likes him. Yeah. She just wants to know, like, hey, what's it like? Like, what am I missing out on?
0: And like you said, the kiss made it complicated. And I know Haley even said that to Taylor, too. Like, the kiss complicated things. But this is the truth. You know, I love
1: Nathan. And I think maybe, like, you know, there may have been a little moment where she was like, oh, am I attracted to Chris? There could have been a moment where she questioned that. And, you know, that's why she didn't, like, pull away from the kiss or anything like that. But now here she is between order and randomness. <laughs> Good connection. <laughs>
0: but one thing I don't like about Taylor's storyline here is she's trying to yeah. blackmail Nathan.
1: Yeah. Okay, she about was. The whole mm-hmm. secret.
0: And in the previous episode, she and Nathan said they were going to keep that a secret.
1: Yeah. She's really. Yeah, she is in the pot here. In this case, I'm like, okay, she can be interpreted as a villain, okay? Because I know we had a big discussion about that on the last episode. Definitely, in this case, she would be a villain, yeah. How she's, like, telling, talking to Nathan, like, right in front of Haley. Like, Nathan, were you in love with the first person you had sex with? I don't want to say to be fair, but I gotta, like, uh, I, I gotta call out Haley a little bit. Haley is kind of, a. Uh, She's hardcore, like, slut shaman and, like, shaman Taylor for some of her decisions. So, like, you know, when uh, Taylor sees uh, Haley's tattoo, and then Taylor's like, oh, what happens to the whole uh, the whole uh, tattoos are for sluts and burnout sermon that you gave me? And then Haley essentially tells her, like, you know, like, I got this tattoo because it's my husband's jersey number. You got a tattoo of a random spider. And I'm like, Haley, just let Taylor get a tattoo of whatever the fuck she wants to get, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that. That whole scene really highlights how different these two sisters are, and there definitely is judgment on Haley's part for sure.
1: Yeah, so like I'm not really liking Haley in this instance, especially in like 2021. You know, I feel like back then, like us as teenagers, I guess we did like you know view people with tattoos as sluts and burnouts, which is a problematic viewpoint. Don't think that people.
0: Yeah, doesn't really sit well now in 2021. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Exactly.
0: But one thing I do like about the whole storyline is how yeah. Nathan reacted to Taylor's threat. I like, yes. he didn't fool around at all. He went straight to Haley, told her exactly what happened, and he was completely upfront about it. And I think that really shows his maturity. Mm-hmm. Granted, yeah. Haley reacted poorly. That news would be really like disturbing. I'm sorry. Like I'm trying to put myself in Haley's shoes. I, he- I get that. She shouldn't be mad at them, but that news is a lot to process.
1: It was before her, yeah. But, like, it's all, it's understandable that she's insecure and whatnot. For sure.
0: Yeah. So, I understand both sides of it. I don't think she should be mad at them because, like, this was two years before they even met. right? But at the same time, if I were in her shoes, I would be upset to hear it, you know, just because it, it would make you feel weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you're, you're married
0: to someone and then you find <laughs> out... That your husband had sex with your sister just <laughs> like a, a few little years awkward. ago. It's like,
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot awkward. Oh my gosh. I get that, yeah. And, you know, I understand why she. Maybe, maybe she shouldn't have, like, stormed off and not talked until later in the night. I feel like it would have been better if she's like, you know what? This is just making me a little bit insecure and I need to be away right now. Okay, bye. But you know what? She's also a teenager. I try to remember that sometimes that these are teenagers. <laughs> like, they don't know how to process their emotions sometimes the proper way. Yep.
0: We have to keep coming yeah. back to that and reminding ourselves because some of these storylines are so mature <laughs> that you can easily forget that they're teens.
1: Yeah, because they're fucking married and have their own apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm 30 and I have neither, you know, and they're doing it 17. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, I just got to call this out. Haley would not have a screen name. Called tutor Girl.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, she wouldn't.
0: <laughs>
1: Why? She really would not. Unless unless Brooke hijacked that. <laughs> I almost wanted to say like maybe like Brooke got onto her computer and said, like, Oh my god, you need you need aim. Like, <laughs> let me just install this on your computer so we can chat all the time. Okay, bye.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could see that, but not Haley creating it. <laughs>
1: oh my god <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> but on a different note Lucas learns that Keith slept with Zeb
0: yeah that's kind of crazy
1: yeah and I gotta talk about like Dan in this episode too like Dan is such a sociopath like the way he's like lying and so like all these but like honestly like when he's telling Lucas like you're believing it and then of course like later on you find out like oh no he is still working with Jules he didn't tell like Jules to leave town or anything like that we're being gaslit as the audience like Paul Johansson's written such nuance to his portrayal here but, like you're buying his lies when he's telling them oh my
0: god we really are being gaslit <laughs> I, because you, you said it exactly right you believe what Dan is saying to Lucas Mm-hmm. and you question like oh is that true huh That's a really good point. And he was really convincing, too, because he was saying, you know, I came to my senses and I have no idea why she's still here. But then again, we just saw him recently at Jules' place. And he's like, just like we
1: planned. You know, as part of you thinks like, well, this is two episodes later. Like, maybe he changed his mind during these two episodes because he wasn't even in the last episode.
0: Yeah. So if you really think about it, I guess you could see that he was lying. But but it still makes you wonder. And then I just feel so terrible that like Jules wants out of this and Dan won't give her that. Like, he just wants to keep going and hurting Keith, I guess, more and more. Like, what really is the end goal here? Mm hmm. What
1: what point do you reach the end goal? He's just a sound right sociopath. Also, too, like, Lucas, and I got, like, again, Lucas is young, he's a teenager. (laughs) um but like i don't know hearing something like that where you're like wait a minute you're saying that you hired somebody to uh make your brother fall in love with her and then break his heart oh but now you came to your senses and i'd be like dude (laughs) great that you came to your senses but honestly that is still fucking sociopathic and i still feel like this needs to be unpacked and talked about right now (laughs) yeah i oh my gosh
0: i don't even have words really like Ugh, it's just so icky to me. hmm And how he wants Lucas to keep the secret.
1: Yeah. I'm just kinda now he's stunned. Blackmailing him.
0: And that, you know, Lucas is now involved in all of this. It's just a really like scummy thing to do.
1: Dan's an asshole. Manipulating a child, too, for one thing as well. That's uh all kinds of fucked up.
0: Yeah, sorry. Bring for-
1: your 17 year old kid into the max.
0: Uh huh. Sorry for all my pauses. I'm just pondering all this. <laughs> like, it's just kind of wild. Like, the depths in which Dan will go to seek revenge and to keep the secret, even though Jules doesn't want to do it anymore. And, like, he must really hate his brother or be jealous of his brother. Like, what is the underlying emotion here? Does he hate Keith? Is he jealous
1: of Keith? I think Dan just needs therapy. We talk about he needed therapy. I think Dan needs fucking therapy.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. But like you said, like, Paul Johansson, he just plays this character so well. Mm-hmm. He is not one-dimensional. Like, he is, he's supposed to be an evil character, but, like, there's so much more to him than that.
1: Yeah. And he has, like, a motivation for everything that he does. Like, he, he's a complicated dude. I couldn't imagine any other actor playing this role, honestly. I I couldn't either. He's like, he's so good at gaslighting
0: us. Yeah, he did it to the whole audience. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And then he sets up this whole dinner. We didn't even talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he's that evil that he wants to have Keith and Jules over for dinner. Oh, my God.
1: He is such a petty gay man, I'm telling you. Uh, Oh. he's like let's just see what happens let's just see the fireworks that <laughs> come out of this
0: yep cooking up some drama
1: oh yeah With
0: cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> damn i don't know why i found that to be so funny but i did
1: <laughs> that is beautiful <laughs> um i gotta say i do not like how he uh talks to Jules though when he says that you know uh deb and uh keith are very close maybe you and i could be this close
0: yeah that's just creepy
1: it was awful I like how Deb is like, Dan, put it away. (laughs) And
0: why does Deb want to still stay with him? Uh, Oh, my gosh. And the whole dinner was just so cringeworthy because, like, Dan and Jules know how awkward it is. But Keith and Deb, they also know how awkward it is, but for a different reason, (laughs) you know? Because they slept together. But then Dan and Jules have this whole, like, this whole secret, too. So it's awkward at several different angles there.
1: (laughs) Drama. Cook up that drama, Dan Scotts.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we have the whole evening ends in a proposal. Yes. So, like, is that really Dan's goal? Like, he wanted Keith to propose to Jules?
1: And I feel like we're supposed to be questioning that, too, because, you know, is like, is Jules still in on the plan? We don't really know.
0: I know, and, like, ugh, by the look on her face, like, you know she's happy. She's conflicted. But she's, yeah, she's conflicted. She, She knows, like... I mean, she, she knows that, that Lucas knows. When, when Lucas comes to the apartment, obviously, and, and Keith tells him that he proposed to Jules, there's that awkwardness, that awkward tension between Lucas and Jules, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because she knows that Lucas is thinking, well, is Jules authentic? I mean, can I really believe her? Oh, it's so messed up.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of conversations around that, too. Like, Lucas uh, confides in Anna and says, like, you know, it's like, like, why would she do something like that? And Anna tries to say, like, maybe she started off as a bad person and then changed. People can not change. Yeah. And there's just a lot of questions all around. I, which, uh, you know, go ahead. I'm going to go on random, a random side tangent, to so finish your okay. thought.
0: Okay, <laughs> all I was going to say is, that is exactly what I was going to say. There are way more questions than answers at this point.
1: Yeah, for sure. What I was gonna say though is that Lucas felt like he could tell Anna all of this. It, Anna's the only person who knows, like amongst his friends. How come he didn't feel safe telling Haley? Oh, that's a good question.
0: And I liked how Lucas and Anna were paired throughout this whole episode. Like they had many scenes together where they were talking as friends and sharing like their thought their inner thoughts. Like with <laughs> Anna's whole coming out storyline and then we have Lucas confiding in Anna. But yeah, that's yeah. a valid point, because I guess Haley has her own shit that she's working through right now.
1: True, yeah. And also, too, I mean, I guess you could interpret it that Haley's a little bit too close for comfort in this regard. Like, uh, Haley's obviously friends with Karen, and that could make things a little bit complicated for the whole dynamic. So maybe it's just easier to tell Anna, because Anna's like an unbiased third party.
0: Yeah, Hannah's like on the outside of the circle, you know?
1: Yeah. Did you say Hannah.
0: Did I say Hannah? I think you did. What? No, I don't think so. But in case I did, okay, Anna. Maybe you did say Anna. Anna's on the outside of the circle right now. Like she's mm-hmm. friends with the teens, but like she's not invested in the surrounding family and everything. The adults, you know right, what I mean? For sure. So yeah, that's a valid point. That telling Anna wouldn't be as big of a deal and. You could get someone's honest opinion that isn't influenced by, you know, their feelings about other the people that are involved, you know?
1: For real. I get it. But it it kinda makes me sad though that like, you know, we don't see Lucas and Haley's friendship right now. Like, what's going on here? I know we haven't really gotten Lucas and Haley much recently. mm mm-hmm. uh, Am I wrong? Not since early the season, yeah. And that's not even that much, honestly. Like she's definitely paired with Nathan more than she is with him. Mm-hmm. That is sad. Yeah. Alright, let's talk about this coda, which is to the song Begin by Ben Lee. So we start off
0: with Anna's creating an online dating profile, and when prompted to choose whether she is seeking male, female, or either, she selects
1: either. Oh, you say either. I say either. Oh, really? <laughs> you say you say tomato. I say tomato. <laughs> <laughs> um um. Next up, Nathan and Haley take a walk along the river, and they kiss. Have you been to that river? You've been to that oh, river, yeah. right? Yes.
0: The river walk.
1: Did you find, like, the exact spot where, where they kissed here?
0: Probably. It's not super long of a walk. You can walk the whole strip fairly quickly. So, probably. Mm. Aw. We'll have to go, Jeremiah.
1: Oh. Yes. walk <laughs> along the
0: river. please. <laughs> so, Haley pretends to be Haley online and tells Chris to stay away because she is in love with Nathan. Oh. We didn't talk about Taylor IMing Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, she is stirring the pot. That's another yeah. thing that she did that makes her a but villain. But she does
1: come around here, and I like that she, like, you know, changes things up and says, you know what, no, I'm in love with Nathan. Stay away.
0: Yeah, after healing... I can't speak. After hearing from <laughs> Haley, I guess her perspective changed, so she realized, okay, Haley needs to stay away from Chris. Like, this isn't good.
1: Yeah, and I guess, like, her relationship with her sister is more important than stirring up all the petty drama, you know? Exactly. Anyway, uh, next up, Lucas tells Karen he took the HCM test and that they'll know the results in a couple of days.
0: Keith and Jules kiss, and then they hug as Jules has a guilty look on her face.
1: And then we see Brooke signs up for student council president elections. And uh, I just got to point out that LOL... Her name takes up four lines, and she doesn't need to put her homeroom down. She's like, I'm Brooke Davis. (laughs) People know who I am. You wouldn't pay attention to that. You know what I mean? Her name just, like, she writes in, like, big block letters. I was, like, wondering, like, what's her homeroom teacher's name? And I'm like, no, (laughs) they don't even mention it. Also, one of the names, Billy Dixon, is is a crew member from the show. A director, I believe. I think, yeah,
0: I think I remember that name from a previous episode. I don't know which one, but yeah, that's cool.
1: But yes, he's he's on there and uh, and he put his homeroom teacher's name down, but Brooke can't. (laughs) (laughs) Probably because it was unimportant for that little moment where we
0: see the (laughs) sheet of paper. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. And lastly, Dan visits Lucas at the River Corps and tells him that he wants to keep the arrangement with Jules a secret. And when Lucas asks what Dan wants from him, Dan says that they'll work something out. And then he shoots a basket. Oh, gosh.
1: Oh, no. What is going to come? We don't know. But we'll talk a little bit about it in the spoiler segment, probably. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's talk about our top favorite moments. What was your favorite quote?
0: So I liked what Taylor said to Haley. And this was the moment when they were having like that heart-to-heart. Truth is, Hale... You've always been miles ahead of me, and most of the time I feel like the little sister you'll do the right thing, Haley Bob you always do that's my
1: favorite so oh, was it really yeah <laughs> I just thought it was super cute and a sweet moment it's such a comforting moment too mm-hmm. and I feel like Haley needed that comfort when you're so uncertain about the future and you don't know what's gonna come it's it was so good um. That is my favorite. I want to give an honorable mention now to what Lucas says to Anna when uh, when Anna tells Lucas about how she kissed Peyton, and then, <laughs> and then later on Lucas is like, you know, it's kind of funny. Last time I kissed Peyton, it didn't end well for me either. <laughs> I like that one too. <laughs> and then he just like does a little giggle to her, like it just shows, like I don't know. It just I, I just really like their dynamic in that scene. He's just teasing her and whatnot.
0: Yeah, that that was a cute scene. It was just really playful and Yeah. You get to see their friendship kind of develop.
1: Yeah, and his smile and his chuckle is just so cute and endearing to me. I'm like, damn. I love it. <laughs> anyway, that's coming from my attraction to Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> um, oh maybe. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, so my favorite musical moment was the coda, Begin by Ben Lee. Okay. And I thought the title of the song, Begin, it made a lot of sense because a lot of the characters are making choices in this episode, and it felt almost like a lot of different beginnings, at least, or at least the start of them. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it It felt appropriate. Um, I'll be honest, though, like none, the music in this episode didn't really stand out to me, so this is a little bit of a stretch like I had to choose a song. (laughs) So that was my favorite one, but like none of them like none of the music really stood out to me as like phenomenal. Okay. What about you?
1: On a completely different note, there was one song that stood out to me as phenomenal. (laughs) Oh (laughs) and it was not Dakota. Um, up. so the scene is uh the when uh Taylor and Haley are talking on the apartment terrace. Uh, about their fiance like chris and nathan and it, the, the song also continues into when uh, keith uh, tells lucas that he proposed to Jules as well the song is called valentine by tim cullen uh, some circles the song is called be mine depending on where you're looking on the internet on spotify it's called valentine but whatever i just thought it was like a really really sweet song um it's written as a straightforward love song but i kind of like how it's being positioned on a scene between two sisters And their love for each other. The song's just very pretty, so I ended up like listening to the song on its own. Not even paired with the scene. It's so good.
0: (laughs) I need to pay attention to that song. I feel like nothing stood out to me. So I don't really remember that moment. I remember the moment, but I don't remember like the musical
1: aspect of it. Yeah. It's very, very in the background. It's not like blaring in your ears or anything, but I don't know. I just I, I was into like the music at first as the scene was playing. And then I decided to look like. Let me actually like look at the lyrics of Anna, and I'm like, this is so pretty.
0: Oh, I love that a love song being positioned
1: with two sisters. That's cute. I loved it. So basically, uh, Taylor and Haley were Anna and Elsa before Anna and Elsa.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet. All right. So what's your rating?
1: I am gonna give it four out of five. Crabs from Crab Shack Carl's or Carl's Crabs, Sh- Crab Shack Carl's, Carl's. <laughs> I can't talk either tonight. Four out of five crabs from Carl's Crab Shack. <laughs> yes. So I give this
0: episode three out of five crustaceans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it didn't wow me. I don't know. I just felt like it was okay all around.
1: Yeah. I mean that was me too. I just feel like there were like a lot there were quite a few moments in this episode that just made me smile. So I yeah. feel like that's why it gets high, but it's not quite five out of five material for me. Um, and there's no pain. Yeah, I never... There is no pain. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love seeing Brooke come into her own as a leader, you know, and you know Taylor and Haley seed together. Like, there's just... There's just a lot that made me smile, but it's not perfect by any means.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some good moments. It just, overall, like, I feel like it didn't have a... did It wasn't a four to me, compared to some of the other episodes this season, which most of them, basically all of them have been fours and a few fives,
1: but... Yeah. yeah, it was
0: just... It was fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> That's my reveal for most, quite a few episodes lately. It's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you out next week. Will this episode be fine?
0: Dun dun dun. <laughs> Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at alwaysothpod. You can also email us at alwaysothpod at gmail.com.
1: I'm Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can find me on Twitter at Rodriguez Jeremy. And I'm Caitlin Illinich, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss I Reads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps Watchtree Hill fans new and old find us.
0: You can also support us via Patreon, where for as low as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content, our private Discord server, where you can chat with us and other listeners, and early episode releases. Visit patreon.com alwaysothpod for more information.
1: Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya.
0: Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your last reminder to turn off the podcast if you do not want spoilers.
1: So, Brooke Davis runs for student council president, and I just want to take the time to, like, list all of her accomplishments as student council president. Okay, first, she starts DW, not I. Which is basically, like, Uber before Uber. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's her accomplishments. <laughs> was that really the only thing she did? That's all she does as student council
0: president, yeah. <laughs> there is really nothing else? No! <laughs> She doesn't do shit. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty big thing to organize, but
1: I know. I think they, the writers maybe had like an idea for her to be student council president. Like, oh, this is great, but they never actually show her going to meetings or anything. And <laughs> that doesn't continue into season three. Yeah, it does. It does. They, I mean, she has the title as student council president, and you know they even mention her being student council president season story and four, which is her senior year, but she doesn't do anything.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess maybe that's why I didn't think it was really mentioned. I couldn't, I couldn't recall. Yeah, because
1: there's no big storylines for it. I know that I can recall in uh two mo- in, like two moments where she mentions uh, being student council president. Uh, there's one in a school shooting episode when she's talking to the news reporter. And the reporter asked her, like, who are you? And she's like, Brooke Davis, student council president. And then later on in season four, when the calculus test is stolen from the tutoring center, she gets brought into the office. And Brooke's like, wait, why am I being brought in here? And then I think it was uh, Principal Turner who says this. Principal Turner says, oh, uh, you're student council president, so you should be aware of this. But that's it. Like, there's no reference whatsoever to her being student council president.
0: Yeah, basically the storyline is her running for it in season two, and then it's just like
1: yeah.
0: I don't know a figurehead position. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just so funny to me, but yeah, that was that was my joke. I'm like, let's list all of her accomplishments. C W, not I. Oh wow, I didn't realize that was the only one. Not saying that's not fantastic, but you're absolutely right. Yes, that is Uber before Uber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I kind of like that, though, for, like, you know, for teenagers to be doing out amongst themselves. Because I think, I'm pretty sure if you're a minor and you're drinking, you can't, uh, you can't take Uber. Really? I don't think, or I, I just don't think minors can take Uber, like, period. I think they can. They can? Like, by themselves, I mean?
0: Yeah, I think they can. Hmm. Okay. But don't quote me.
1: Yeah, I could be wrong. Who knows? But for this time, I feel like that actually is, like, a really good thin to have though like there's like no judgment or whatever for teenagers like you know what you're picking up a drunk kid and then you drive them home make sure they're safe
0: yeah i think it is a really good idea i wonder who came up with that in the writer's room i feel like it's really like progressive you know it's
1: an uber seal that idea (laughs) (laughs) i love it oh my god but yeah cool we went through her accomplishments for a much longer conversation than i intended to
0: (laughs) And the other thing we wanted to talk about was Lucas's HCM results. Oh yeah. my gosh. This is getting wild.
1: We find out in the next episode, I believe, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. And then he makes, so we find out that he has HCM. He doesn't tell, well, he tells his mom that. It was negative. I guess it was like a forged letter
1: or something. I know. That's because I just watched this episode last week. (laughs) Um, He takes uh, Keith's negative results letter and then shows it to his mom. So sneaky. Yeah.
0: And then this whole deal with Dan comes about. And that whole... I can't wait to talk about that because it is just... It makes no sense that he would want to go live with Dan. And I can't believe that Karen even allowed it. And I know she was upset about it and hurt by it. And I can't believe Lucas would hurt her in this way instead of just telling her that he has HCM. Yeah. Because, like, he's still hurting her by going to live with Dan because that just makes no sense. It's such a betrayal.
1: That, honestly, yeah, because, you know, I obviously binged her these episodes because I wasn't, I was doing this for fun. I wasn't watching it with an analytical brain or anything like that, but that's actually a really good point. Why not just tell your mom? I know your mom can't afford the medication or anything like that. Like, that's... You know, there's a line there, but your mom should know.
0: Uh, His mom owns two businesses. You know, I think she could ref- afford the
1: medication. She's over. Of- <laughs> right now. <gasps> yeah, I would say. Yeah. Um, she had money to
0: open a club.
1: Like, come on, let's be real. Okay, maybe you're right, but honestly... Did he
0: give that reason?
1: Give what reason?
0: That his mom wouldn't be able to afford the medication?
1: No, that's just me putting, oh, like, okay. that's my headcanon. Got it. I think his reason was just that he just doesn't want his mom, like, freak out or anything.
0: Yeah, it's just wild to me that the whole Dan storyline happened and kept the secret, you know, and then eventually it comes out anyway.
1: Right, I'm just... When does it come hmm. out? I, I feel like when does what
0: when does it come out that he has HCM? I'm
1: pretty sure it's the next episode. No, I'm no, like, to Karen. Oh, oh, not oh, that's until the end of season three.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: Like right after Keith dies, I think. Like yeah. maybe like a few episodes later or something. Mm-hmm. I think it might be don't like don't like me eat my words. I think it's season three episode nineteen.
0: Oh wow, you're getting really specific.
1: Season three, I feel like I can, like, recite, like, the back of my hand. <laughs> so when we get there, it'll be pretty, pretty good.
0: I know. Season three I've seen the most, but it's been a few years, and I don't know. The more we talk about it, like, my brain
1: is fuzzy with all all the details in the future. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. But that's what makes these spoiler segments fun, you know? Yeah. Also, I gotta say, like, rewatching a lot of season two. I, 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 I alluded to how there are some storylines just sort of, like get dropped or there's like plot consistencies and whatnot so at a recent episode we were talking about like oh i don't remember like brook and mouth's next conversation because remember like the last time we saw them was the argument at homecoming let me tell you their next conversation it's like it's not even addressed they're just friends again nothing are you serious yeah same thing with same thing with peyton and anna nothing
0: oh wow
1: Yeah. Mouth and Brooke have like another, they have another issue because Mouth ends up telling Brooke that he's the one who put the brick through her windshield. So that's another fight that gets started. And then they stop speaking to each other. And then Mouth becomes his, um, she becomes Brooke's uh, student, like peer speaker thing during the student council elections. And then they get resolved there. So that's there's a resolution there, but like from like the homecoming episode and the next time we see Brook of Mouth Hawk, there's no mention of that whatsoever.
0: That is so crazy because that was such a big deal, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm curious to see other inconsistencies now. <gasps> yeah, there there may be others, but yeah, after binging through the whole season, it's very very glaring. I'm like, what the fuck? Why'd they do it this way? Anyway. So how are you, you uh, going to transition now? <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. Well, you know, I mean, the good thing about this episode is that nobody died. <laughs> no heroes died. But as for the next episode, the hero dies in this one, which is the title of season two, episode 13, which we will discuss next time. That's a good transition. <laughs> ha! Ha!
0: And taken from our OTH DVD box sets, it seems like everybody is going somewhere. Taylor leaves, Haley goes on tour with Chris, Brooke runs for student body president, and Lucas agrees to move in with Dan if he promises to hide some painful secrets.
1: We'll be be seeing seeing ya.